Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, let's do this. Great timing that this man would join us in the back line at this particular time in the afternoon, Brian. He's going to love this. Matty John's all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. You can head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. We get him on every week, Brian, on yes. a Thursday to talk rugby league. Yeah, I know. But, but invariably, we never get there. No, I know. Matthew, <laughs> are you there? Yeah, I am, Fletch. How are you? Oh, hey, Joel. Yeah, hey, Sugar. Good. How you doing, man? Sorry to um, disrupt your paddleboarding, um, but Matthew, uh, I, 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 just, I just want to read this story. A newlywed bride feels lied to after discovering her husband has a micro penis. Mm. Uh, so oh. she's opened up about the awkward situation that unfolded when she and her husband consummated their marriage. Oh, the then 27 year old went to Reddit to detail how her then 32 year old partner refused to sleep with her during their short relationship. Mm. So he was old fashioned and he wanted to wait until they tied yep. the knot, mm. which many, many yep. people's. Uh, people should be doing. I, that's, I certainly encourage my family to wait until they're married, even yeah. my wife. So they dated for six months. They dated for six months before getting engaged, and they spent another six months preparing for the big day. Ooh. We got close to fooling around a couple of times, but never went far. Mm. Hashtag soak. I tried, but he always stopped. I tried, but he's always stopped after it went too far. Well, she wasted no time after getting back from the honeymoon to recount the moment she discovered he had a micro penis. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Am uh, I the a-hole for reading into this and being upset that I wait until my wedding night to find out that he probably isn't as old-fashioned as he says he is? I'm not going to shame him. Well, you already have. <laughs> and honestly, I don't even know how I broach the topic. So I kind of feel lied to. Half the truth. Or is it something that he's <laughs> half, with? Half something else. Yeah, that was unexpected <laughs> to, say, to say the least. But uh, how do you get out of this sort of... Oh, you know, you fall in love with someone. It's not just a, it's the whole package. Can't last. Can't yeah. last. If so that's important to her, it can't last. Okay. Yeah. Matthew, what say you? Well, they say it's not the uh, the size of the fiddle, it's the tune it that's, plays. But uh, exactly it does right. resonate. I, I Trish walking past me now. And <laughs> I know one of her old boyfriends had a micro penis. Uh, <laughs> oh, he might have been a professional surfer as well. But anyway, oh. that's by the by. No. Um, Matthew, you and I n- both know it's the other end of the MP. <laughs> that, that oh, the, oh that's, the, that's not the micro, that's the major. It's a major. MP, yeah. yeah. It's good to chat to you, Matthew. The sun's no, it's shining. Good. Nothing says micro-penis like finals time. <laughs> Why have you got Streisand effect written down, Brian? Well, I just, it said it's a, someone, there's a quote in there. Yeah. Matthew might know. What, Matthew, do you know what the Streisand effect is? It's a effect? Uh, a Streisand effect? Effect. Oh, there's a Streisand effect. I know the Streisand effect. Oh, do you? Yeah, it's, yeah it's, so it's, what it is. So Barbara Streisand, yes. she took a photographer to court for breaching privacy things because she didn't want anyone to know where she lived. Now, this particular fog- photographer had taken five or six, sorry, pictures of her, yeah. of where she lived, mm. which was on this cliff top. This is a good story. And, yeah. And so she takes him to court to sue him for privacy to try and suppress these images. Mm. But mm. only six yep. people had looked at these images at the time. Oh. So she was trying to suppress it. And in the end, it didn't get passed. And over 400,000 people... Then yeah. went to look at the picture. Okay. So it backfired. Right, that's the strides yeah. of it. That's that's the yeah, it's, it, it's basically creating publicity yes. out of something you don't want public. 
Correct. So it's a effect. So trying to sue someone for something. Yep. And yeah, people, geez, that's I good. I never even knew about that. No. Yeah, become a tourist attraction. Yes. Is it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Excellent, excellent uh, great actress, by the way. Uh, don't right, funny, funny Barbara girl. Str- very, yeah, and, of course, Barbara Streisand's Nuts. Have you uh, seen that movie? No, I haven't. No, no Nuts. I she was a star. <laughs> That's why I say, have you seen Barbara Streisand's Nuts? <laughs> no, but she's good. She, she was a bit like Sybil Shepherd in the sense that yeah. when she first started, you had to put Vaseline. She demanded she wants Vaseline on the camera to give That's a softer right. look. I feel like Sigourney Weaver's going to be the name mentioned somehow. Why? No, We're just going down that genre. That. Yeah. No, it was Sybil Shepherd. She started it. Yeah. And um, Barbara, or Barbara started it, and then Sybil got wind of it. I, so no, Sybil Shepherd. This was about people with filters now. And, uh, she anyway. was, Sybil Shepherd was, she, she was a moonlighting with uh, Bruce Willis. Yeah. No, people with forget Bruce about Willis. that. He started as like a, like a romantic comedy star. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. it's great. We've, I could now. chat. I could chat this all day, but Matthew, well, let's just do it. We've, we've got to get into the uh, into the rugby league. Oh, do you? Th- okay. uh, let's let's talk first game. I want to ask you this first. Hang on, I was going to ask you. Oh, theory. When you, when you were playing Manly, Matthew, in that yep. grand final in nineteen ninety seven, did you wear Manly jumpers at training? Uh, no, no, we didn't no. do that. We didn't go to that trouble. I saw that with the Melbourne Storm putting mm. the jerseys on. Ask Cooper about it, mm. and uh, he said it was a thing they would do down there occasionally. And uh, bellyache oftentimes, I remember once he said going into the 2018 grand final all week, they referred to Cooper as Luke Keary. And he had to train like Luke Keary, do everything the same. They gave him cuts on Luke Keary. This is how he plays. This is the way he got to train. Unfortunately for Cooper, he couldn't carry that through to his normal career. But uh, yes, yeah, but yeah, that that's a that's very much a done thing at the Storm. But no, we I've I've never I've never seen it before. Can they do it, Matty? Like I, I just yeah. the Bellamy the Bellamy versus Cleary record. They've played four times, three one Cleary, but they've all been close, decided by a try. Yeah. Um, he's a super coach, and you've got players like Munster, uh, Welsh, Grant, who they're part of that mm. twenty twenty mm. Queensland side. No one gave a chance to. Do you give them any hope? Well. There's always hope. I mean, I don't give him a big chance. It was funny talking about Coop again. He knows the boys, mm. you know, inside out, knows the side a lot better than I do. And I said, mate, they can't win this. And he said, he said I give him a massive chance. I said, why? He said, because they, he goes, I just know the team and I know how they mm. get, himself, get, get themselves up emotionally. He said, particularly blokes like uh, Munster and Harry. He said, mate, Munster will be sky high. That's what he said. So, I mean, look, I think the biggest battle, boys, I just can't see them holding their own against Penrith through the middle. Like, no. I just saw Fisher Harris and Leota interviewed on the news. Mate, they are scary dudes. Oh, They're yeah. just ice cold. Jerome and Hughes I, has to play. Has to, has to Jerome play. Jerome has, has to. to. Play. Yeah. If the, only, the only thing would be if you got Jerome and you got Harry Grant and you got Munster right. I think it'd be a real mistake for Melbourne to start pushing the ball sideways. Melbourne, tomorrow night, their whole thing should be only push the ball sideways off loads. Don't just run, run, run those three key men through the middle continually, make Leota and Fisher Harris and those guys just miss, miss, miss and burn them out of gas. That's that's the way they can win the ball. It's just every time they have the ball, just centralise the attack, look to play through them, Run first, run second, run third, and pass fourth. 
Um, you know, and the other thing, mate, in 2017, the Storm played against uh, uh, the Cowboys in the grand final. That was the year Tal Malolo was just on, on fire. You know, of course, they went through to the grand final without JT. And it, how they would uh, defend Tal Malolo, because Tal Malolo is so good at those post-contact metres, hitting and driving through. The Storm said, mate, let's go, let's, let's go old-fashioned on him. First marker, just chase him aggressively and hit him low and hard and just chop him down. And, mate, it just worked a treat. It just nullified him completely. And I think that's what they should do with Fisher, Harris and Leota. And even for big guys these days, like talking to guys, they go, oh, mate, they hate being hit low from side on. I mean, it's just because they're not used to it. And so I, I think that's how they've got to play. They've got, you know, of course, they've got to... Their goal in the game should be trying to get Toto to run less, uh, run less than 200 metres. I mean, it's easy in theory, but it's hard in practice. But, yeah, that's that's a challenge, boys, is, is just matching Penrith through the middle. Well, the last two games Melbourne have played, they've been out-muscled by the Broncos yep. and yeah. the Chooks as well. I thought the Chooks, like the Chooks forwards, yep. they were getting quick play of the balls. They had the Melbourne forwards just caught on the ground. Problem with Penrith or Melbourne... They, they, they don't get many chances down on Penrith's line. So you've, no. you've got to sort of, when you get down there, you've got to nail it. Well, Brian, you know, I went through all the um, conceded tries with Penrith, and it's easy to do because there's not many. No. You just about have to earn the right. You have to touch their goal line because they're so athletic. Mm. You can't score from 30 yet. No. You, you've got to get them on their own line. What they do, Matty, I, I saw with Dylan Edwards, what they, it's, it's a clever thing they do. Where possible, they put him, when they're on their own goal line, they'll put him on the short side. So when you look yeah. up, it's four and four. Yeah. So, But he's a mirage, which gives them an extra number so, in the middle yep. of the field. So that, that's the thing, Joel, right? This is, I mean, back in the day, boys, you might remember when in the 90s, Manly had the best defensive record. Yeah. They're very hard to get around. The reason was that they compressed right up and they just fold back and, and slide and... What they were doing, like back in the day, they were daring you to push the ball sideways and try to force errors. Well, if they're daring you to do it, you should do it because that, that's what's going di- to disrupt them. I said the same, th- same thing with Dylan Edwards. If Dylan Edwards wants to push himself into the defence line, then every time he does that, kick behind the line. Take yep. the chance. Dis- that's right. pu- push it back onto them and say, OK, if you want to do that, we're going to keep doing this. Right? That, that's the game we're going to play. Um, the other one, boys, is Jerome Luai. I actually think Bellamy would be pray- praying that Jerome plays mm. because it'll just give him a target uh, for Nelson on that on, on that uh, on, on Penrith's left hand side. Uh, so yeah, that that'll be that'll be sort of that, that's one of the biggest storylines if Jerome's shoulder can hold up. It's a pretty miraculous recovery. Yeah, I, I tell, with the Edwards, if he, you either run at him because he doesn't want to be in the line, he's there as a mirage, or or as Maddie said kick on the other side of him. You've got to lead with your bow, don't you, Matty? Brian and I were talking about this yesterday. They they lead like... If they get in the front like winks, you cannot mow them down. So you've just mm. got to put all your chips in the middle. No matter what's worked for you in the past, Nelson's mm. got to start. Harry's got to start. Well, yeah. Harry will start because Bronson Garlic's not in the no. 17. Yeah. Do you agree, yeah. Matty? Yeah, I totally agree. We're, we're, myself and Cooper Cronk were talking about this and I said mm. you have to start with your best side, your best players. Yep. You just have to because... Because you want to, the, what you want to do against Penrith, I mean, the going into this game, n- nobody's given Melbourne a chance. No. And so if Melbourne get off to a good start, that'll just start, that'll exert scoreboard pressure on Penrith. Penrith, if they get in front, 
you know, and they, they start well. I mean, if you, you're sitting Harry Grant on the bench and Nelson, suddenly you put on put them on the field and you're 12-0 down, well, I mean, good luck. But you just got to start well and put the pressure on Penrith and disrupt them that way. And, and of course, the other one is, you know, is Nathan, is Rotto. You know, what do you do with Nathan as far as, you know, disrupting him? Well, you, you got, you've just got to stop the Penrith yardage game. And... And you've got, to, you've got to take some chances too, boys. You know, sometimes you've got to get someone rushing out of the line a little bit, forcing mm. him to play earlier. Uh, because, you know, if you just give him time and space, he's, they're going to carve you up. On the other games, so I went through the grand finals and what Penrith do in recent times. 85% you've got to complete to win a grand final. Bare bones, 82%. Broncos have only done that five times this year. So yeah. with the high-risk manner in which they yeah. play, can you win two big games... Having only, can you do that, Matty? Is it? It's. I think. I, look, I don't think. Ch- it, yeah. Charles, Ch- look, I, you can. I, you can these days. Look, you know, the, the game's so quick and the rucks roll so quick. It, you know, you just there's no use pl- trying to play cons- conservative to a certain degree to get your completions up. You know, push the ball around the park, and if you've got enough, you've got enough talent, you can win and win the game at you know seventy five percent. It's interesting. Boys with the war, I give the Warriors a real big chance. You know, yeah, similarly, the, like I just look at Brisbane, massive amount of pressure up there for two weeks. They've been sort of sitting there copping that pressure, and everybody's expectation. Everyone's saying it's going to be Penrith Broncos. It's going to be Penrith Broncos. The Warriors will just arrive and play with it, an underdog spirit. Uh, one of the really, if I was Andrew Webster, we, I've been watching uh, Walsh closely and. One of these biggest things out the back is his long pass. You know, if you if you squeeze him, squeeze in on him and outside in him, he'll throw the ball, lob the ball over the over the top. It's interesting when you see players like that that have got the ability to do it. It's one of two things: it's either vision, or with Walsh, it's him collating information. And I think it's the latter. And Slater was very, very, very much the same. During that first 30 minutes, he'll get a feel on what the defence line, the edge defenders are doing and almost preempt his play. For that reason, if I'm Andrew Webster, I'm giving my winger and, and centre a little bit of freedom and I'm, I'm telling them just to mix up how they defend. You know, sometimes race up and squeeze in on him. Other times go up and steady and push sideways. Don't, give, don't allow him to collate information on you and then preempt a pass over the top or, you know, the little show and go. I, I'd vary how I defend him. It's a big game for Montoya. And, and, what, and what the makes, back row. Well, what makes it hard yeah. is that so often Adam Reynolds, most of his kicks are on that side, and Walsh puts the kick there. So you, as a winger, you want to make the play, but they kick behind. When we, used to, play, we used to play the Broncos, Gus used to have Rico just fly out and hit um, Lockyer from the inside. Like, yep. yeah. Rico, we'd always have an extra man on wherever Lockyer was. And if Rico was an A defender or B defender, all his job was, and didn't matter if Lockie brought someone underneath, was just to hit, because Lockie yeah. used to skip on the outside. Similar yeah. to, to Walsh, but, you know, Walsh yeah. has got a little bit more, well, that's, little bit more pace. Hey, Fletcher, that's, you, that, that's what uh, Wade Graham used to do to Coop Cronk, if yeah. you remember. He would just, from, from first defender off the ruck, would just sprint and hit him. And for a ball player, it does sap your confidence because he's hitting you on your blind spot. And when they hit you in that direction, and you actually, you've got no idea how much time you've got, 
or you know, is he there? Is he going to hit me again? So it makes you rush. It makes you second guess and affects your focus with your playmaking. I totally agree. You know, the Warriors just need to take a few chances defensively, and that's one of them. You know, with Reno, I'd be early in the game, flying from the inside, making him uncomfortable. Hey boys, I want to ask Sorry. you memories about prelim finals. You both played each other in one of the great mm. games, 2000 prelim. Mm. Um, what a game. The amount of opportunities both sides had. What are your memories, Brian, of, of that particular day? Well, just the second half. Yeah. And, Matty, I was, t- I was telling the story when you told me that Warren Ryan was just constantly saying, up and in, up and in, and Freddie just went zing over the top, took an mm. intercept off Joey. Collating. Yeah, and then he threw a couple He threw a couple over to Heggs and Matty Singh on the, on the edge. Yep. And, uh, we, we had the momentum. We were gone at halftime. Yep. If, it, if Darren Elwood didn't kiss the camera, you blokes probably would have... <laughs> Gone on to uh, you, you bikes would have won, but um, Fletch, what a game! I was walking up the race at half time, and you know, I, I think sometimes like I can feel a loose a loss coming or can feel a side coming. I've never been so wrong about a game. I walked up the race, and I swear to god, I thought we we're going to beat you by 40. Yeah. And we went into the sheds, and the half time speech was sort of nervous. It was like, hey, boys, let's be careful. Hey, boys, we've got this lead. Let's... And, mate, I looked around the room. You could just see, like, the the uh, switch flicked, went the other way. And a lot of the stuff that we're talking about at halftime actually came to fruition. Like, Joey, you know, throwing that intercept pass early. It, you know, some of the messages were, mate, don't just push the ball sideways. Be careful. Let's not be frivolous with the football. All, all of those things that we spoke about at halftime, all of it happened. You know the other thing too that was goes unnoticed. Fitzy, Fitzy nailed him from everywhere. That, yeah, that, five from five. I see. Yeah. Mm. And what was Joey? Joey was off a little bit. Yeah, but not nice. a, not playing more. I tell you, not often do you have game. <laughs> not often do you have games where, you know, two absolute superstars both produce oh, high quality in yeah. the same game. I mean, my my game wasn't as great. <laughs> yeah, as look, Joey's. Look, but Joel, I, mean, I was that's, trying. Yeah. That's Joel. That's very sweet of you. But, you know, yeah, I mean, I we can't. I mean, Maddie and I, we were at loggerheads. But, yeah, uh, yeah. It's a, it's a, two it's great a, players a, just going yeah. at it. Yeah. We have a, there's twelve other guys on the field. Yeah, I know. Can't be I know. always up to us. By the way, uh, Fletch, uh, mate, geez, I'm looking forward to uh, December. Our first. Oh. So I ran into uh, Peter Vlandis last night. Awesome. Um, run into him, and I just said to Peter, "Thank you, thank you, thank you for sending us over, over early as ambassadors in yep. December." We, uh, we got the early trip over there, Joel. They're sending us over as, oh, uh, as representatives of the NRL of what to expect. Have they and, given uh, you guys the radius rule as well? No, we're, we're in the thick of it. Oh, yeah. We're starting at Caesars. Oh, yeah. Yep, Caesars Palace, and uh, that's where the Caesars salad yep. obviously was born. You got the Waldorf salad. Yeah, you got the Caesar salad. And, yep, it and the chicken Caesar no, wrap, of course, yeah, as well. Right, yeah. Different BPs are delicious. Yeah, I don't like them because sometimes the bacon's yeah. off. Yeah, gotcha. True, true that. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Vegas. And there's obviously we're in the middle of the NFL season too. So oh, we're going to go mate. see, I think the Vegas. So hang on, so you're going mid December? 12th. Mate, go and book yeah. yourselves into you too at the Sphere. No. Maddie's into that. Maddie, look, when we go with Maddie, we have to go karaoke. <laughs> so yes. we'll probably go from hotel to hotel. Half, like I reckon, six six hours of the twenty-four. Matthew will be on the mic. Yep. Right? Well, Definitely. I tell you now, I'll get a place at Vegas off the strip, about a mile down, called the Double Down Saloon. Right, check it out. 
jump online and check it. I, I went there. I, 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 when I go to a city, first thing I look at, I type in worst bar in Philadelphia <laughs> or worst bar. Anyway, came up. I went worst bar in Vegas, and it came up, voted uh, America's worst ever bar. So I went right out. So I walked about a mile off the strip to go to this place. It was her- it was horrendous. Um, it was like when you walk in, they say you want you know ten dollars insurance. What's that for? <laughs> well, if you spew, um, we clean it up. If you don't do the get get the insurance and you spew, you've got to clean it up. And their their drink is the two drinks they're famous for: the bacon martini oh, and yes, a drink called ass juice. Yeah, and, uh, oh. I took I, uh, What's I ate ass the juice? ass juice, and uh, <laughs> I had the ass juice, and luckily I paid for my insurance, so I had oh. someone else clean it up. You know, you know, there's a there's a bar or something where you, everyone wears, and Gordon was telling me this. So this it's all um, you wear adult uh, nappies. It's like you're a baby. Oh, you don't go to the bathroom. No, no, no. You're you're a, you get looked after like you're a baby. So there's like some <laughs> sickos. So you you wear, you know, people come around and feed you a bottle of milk. You wear. All those yeah. sort of weird. You got a rattler. You wear nappies. I'm looking forward fetish. to that. Fetish. It's a fetish. That's all. Yeah, it's a fetish. I yeah, think they've taken. Well, we went over there with Gordon. I was over there uh, with Gordon before for about four or five days. Gordon was sick for it. He was there every single day. He had nappy yes. rash by the end of it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> that's right. Rash. I had to send him some bepanthin. Yeah. Because he, he, <laughs> yeah, he did. Because he couldn't find it anywhere. Sudacrim. Couldn't yeah, find it. Yeah. CBS. Yeah. Put the bonjela on his gums. That's yeah. right, yeah. yeah. I put him in yeah, his little... Chafed, uh, yeah, chafed yeah. groin, chafed arsehole. And he, and he likes... Um, and when he goes to split, he needs the white noise, you know? Oh, yes. You know, like yeah, rain, yeah, yeah, rain yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. You just got to brush his eyebrows and say, it's all right, Gordy. Hey, boys, we've got to yeah. run. Uh, but the Double Down Saloon have taken poetic licence. Known the world over as the happiest place on earth, the Double Down Saloon has been bringing a much-needed sophistication to Las Vegas since 1992. Implanetary abstract, urban decay, the Any Vegas Double Down is indeed a clubhouse for the lunatic fringe. And What's it in says, the arse juice? It says, home of the fabled arse uh, juice, birthplace yeah. of the original bacon martini. Oh, we'll get to that on the other side of this. Wait. Good on you, Matty. Good on you, boys. I'm going to have an arse juice right now. Good <laughs> work. Right.